going on. Might not be over yet. Five seconds to go. He's going to bounce. 13. 13. Can you believe it? He's kicked 13 on the siren. Here's Aloisi for a place in the you World Cup. For us. He's yeah! scored. right here can be the biggest moment of his career. Adam Scott. Unreal. Get ready. Loosen those vocals up, Tuck. Here it comes. There we go. Crowd cheers. Here's Siddle. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of Sport for Change. I am Aiden Clark and as always, I am here with the legend that is Gus Murray. Gus, how the hell are you? I'm really good, thank you. Footy on every night, it is a boy's dream, isn't it? It sure is, mate. It's uh, the big bash of football. Uh, It's been fantastic. I love having sport back on. It's brought a little... Something to look forward to of an evening for me. You, uh, you'd be loving it being a Geelong man. Absolutely loving it. Cats are flying. But it's good to see that uh, people are getting to play footy and, and people can follow sport, especially those stuck in Victoria. 100%. Uh, those of you who are stuck in Victoria, obviously one hour of exercise a day. Gus, you've been uh, fulfilling your one hour. Is that right? I have. Uh, at work, we've got a Step Nation challenge where you've got to do 30 minutes a day to accrue points. Yep. I've been alternating that with swimming in the bay as well, which I've absolutely loved, and I'll speak about that a little bit later as well. What have you been up to? Mate, running. I've been uh, doing a bit of running, trying to train for a half marathon. Uh, I've put it out there now. Now <laughs> I can't back out. Uh, it's going slowly, but I am uh, following the Nike Run app and it's, it's going okay at the moment. But as I said, yes, slowly. So, Would you, would you recommend the Nike app? Yep, I, I like it. You set in the date that you would like to achieve your particular goal um, and then type in how far that goal is, and it sets out a, a plan for you that, you that you need to follow. And you can um, adjust it according to how you're feeling, and uh, it's really good. I really like it. So it's... Um, it's good, and there's about six or seven of us mates who are trying to push each other along to to get it done. So um, it's going okay. Excellent, um, and I hope I hope all the listeners have been oh, listeners and watchers of social media yeah. have been enjoying the we've been providing. We've been trying to provide as many as possible, and Aiden, I've really enjoyed you reaching out to everyone and sharing your stories. I think they've been really powerful and really helpful. So thank you for that. Thank you. It's. Uh, it's been fun getting my ugly mug on camera. So no, I, think, I think the rawness of the video uh, is the best way to get your messages through and it's something that we'll look to keep doing going forward. Yeah. So we, uh, we decided that we would do a little Q&A and um, I think at first we were just going to either do a live video or um, a video and upload them. But we had some really good questions and a lot of them. So you and I thought that it would be best to 
do a little podcast and answer all the questions that we had come through or, or some of them anyway. And um, so here it is. I guess before we get started, I do just want to say that our main aim at Sport for Change is to obviously raise awareness of mental health and to help normalise the conversations around mental health. Now, we're definitely not the experts and we're not preaching to have all the answers. You and I are simply providing our opinions and ideas on what has helped you and I and what we believe that can help stimulate conversation in the public for people who might be suffering. So if you are struggling out there, please, please reach out for professional medical help or advice. So the federal government recently, if you're in Victoria, the federal government recently made the decision to provide Victorians with an additional 10 sessions of psychological treatment, which now means through a GP referral, if you're in Victoria, you can receive up to 27, uh, 20 sessions of psychological care through Medicare. So Gus and I just wanted to put that out there. Um, if you are struggling, please seek professional help. And we are just trying to raise awareness and stimulate the conversation. So with that said, we're going to get stuck into our questions. And Gus, you're going to kick it off with the answers. Um, so first of all, what are some of the benefits of sport and sporting clubs on young people? It's a great question. Let me think about this. I guess sufficient physical activity reduces plenty of things. Uh, the risk of developing coronary artery disease, yep. uh, type 2 diabetes, depression, anxiety, or other mental illnesses, things like dementia and cognitive decline in older adults and some cancers as well. While physical activity provides significant benefits, sport particularly, mm -hmm. uh, team-based sport as well, can provide stronger outcomes, including improved resilience and mental health outcomes. Yeah. So I was looking, did some research. Uh, I found this interesting study from the Journal of Science and Medicine in Sport in 2015 and they assessed the associations between sport participation and the development of psychological strengths and difficulties in childhood. Mm -hmm. The sample of over 4,000 children were followed from ages 8 to 10, and parents reported children's participation in organised sports and completed a strengths and difficulties questionnaire. And the results, the results indicated that children who maintained participation in sport had lower rates of parent-reported psychological difficulties at 10 years compared with children who dropped out of sport. Yeah, right. So I think there's plenty of research out there to support that, but the benefits of physical activity, I think, yeah. uh, sorry, the benefits of uh, physical activity and sporting clubs yep. completely outweigh not getting involved and having that sort of social cohesion. Oh, I couldn't agree more. And, I mean, you and I both have played team sport and, and individual sport. We've... Um, both had a little dabble in and and it and it's more than just the the sport side of it isn't it it's that camaraderie that team building um shoulder to lean on so there's so many benefits isn't there it's 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 huge well that brings me to the next question so there are actually two questions here and they're quite similar so yep. we thought we'd group them together one question was struggling to be motivated to exercise 
can you give any tips or advice to get back into a solid routine? And another question, I am a yo-yo exerciser. When I start a new regime, I really get into it and do all the right things. When I have a down week, like I don't find the time, either due to work, home or friends, I'll hit a wall and tend to just stop for a long time until something sparks me again. How do I continuously stay motivated even when other parts of my life take priority and I don't feel like exercising? Aiden, I'm going to let you take this one because I'm pretty sure you have a personal trainer's degree and plenty of experience in this field. Yeah, so I once upon a time was a PT uh, a few years back. And this is an interesting question because I, I was faced with this question a lot of times dealing with my clients uh, when I was a personal trainer. So I, I had clients who were young, as young as 12, 10. I had clients who were as old as 60, 70 and, anything, and everything in between. So I heard this a lot. Um, and even when I stopped becoming or when I was stopped personal training, I found that I struggled with the motivation sometimes to get back into into the gym and into a, a healthy habit. So I think that it's a little bit like a snowball, right? And you think about a snowball rolling down the mountain that just keeps gathering momentum. The longer you go without exercising, the worse you feel about yourself, but then the harder it is to find that motivation to get back into a routine. Now, the biggest thing about motivation, and I always used to say this to my clients when they would ask me, what should I use as motivation? So the thing about motivation is it's intrinsic. It's what motivates me to exercise isn't going to potentially motivate you, Gus, or the next person that I speak to. So you need to find whatever it is that motivates you personally. It can't be someone else's motivation. A common theme that I heard amongst my clients were that they were motivated to exercise for their kids, right? So I trained a lot of parents and uh, getting motivated for their kids and being healthy and fit to be a good role model or to be able to play with them in the park and keep up was a really big motivating factor. So if you're a parent out there, potentially that's something that you need to think about. But I think the biggest thing is to be healthy and live a long life. There isn't a better time to be healthy and active than right now that we're living in a global pandemic, right? So, so for me personally, I find that being healthy and aiming to live the longest possible life I can is the biggest motivating factor for me. So that's what I would say to someone is just to try and live the healthiest life. And the other thing about that snowball effect is that is it can work in the opposite way. You start exercising, you start eating better because you're exercising and you don't want to waste that, that good progress you've made. You start eating better, you start to feel better, you start exercising more. So it can be a snowball in a positive way as well. So give that a crack, but maybe just sit, sit down and, and set some goals. Start slow, go for a walk. Um, yeah, so that's my, my thoughts. Question three, Gus. What are some easy activities that you can recommend to do during lockdown for your mental health? Well, I've been sharing with the Sport for Change audience plenty of tips. So yeah. I would love to hear some from you, Aiden. What tips do you have? 
What tips do I have? Uh, the, the biggest one that I can, and I've, to be, I have to be honest, I haven't always done this, but ever since reading it and the theories behind it, I've done it every day since. And it's something small, but it's really got me going. And that's making your bed. It's so simple. Um, and I tell you what, you walk past your bedroom, down the hallway, and you look in, and you see a beautifully made bed, and the window's open, and the sun is shining. It does put a smile on your face. So that's just one little tip out of many that you've posted that I love. Uh, what about you, Gus? Something that I've been trying is meditation. Your mind is a muscle and you have the ability to train it. And I understand that meditation isn't for everyone. When I first started doing it, I found it a little bit challenging, but I'm much better at it now. Some apps you can use, which I've dabbled with, is Smiling Minds, Headspace, Insight Timer. But a really cool version of meditation is LeBron James's meditation in the Calm app. Mm -hmm. I'd recommend anyone listening to try it. There's that famous moment where LeBron's sitting on the bench in the 2012 NBA Finals and he's got his hands in his face or, or he's just thinking about something and, and the commentators are talking about it. And he talks about how he's just gathering his thoughts and that he has been practising mental fitness up until this point for these types of moments. And he, as we know, he was able to go and execute it the best of his ability and he just makes it a really easy way to understand why you meditate and what are the benefits of it. So if anyone's listening, go try it out. It's really cool. And LeBron's voice is so soothing. <laughs> I love it. It's just so motivating. I love it. So if you get a chance, try it. Yeah, brilliant. I know you spoke about this to me the other day and I, um, I'm definitely going to download it and give it a crack because if it works for LeBron James, it's, it's, it's going to work for me. Uh, so, yeah, thanks for that recommendation, Gus. I love it. Um, so another question we had was, I'm reading and getting sent a lot of potential fake news. Where can I access good quality information about COVID? Such a great question given that we are flooded with information all the time. So, so what do you reckon, Gus? It's a great question and I'm not sure if I'm the best person to answer it, but I'm going to have a crack anyway. I would say use trusted sources like the Australian government, uh, Department of Health and other credible news sources. How do you know it's credible? I'd like to use the analogy of, a, of the trade period. Yep. So a footy journalist, if you're following him and he's saying, him or her, and he's saying this player is linked with another team and he's going to move, and then you find out when the trade period happens that that was actually false and that never happened. Well, then you can identify that that's not actually a credible source. The people that get it right all the time, you should follow them. That's a credible source. Yeah. Or there's going to be some error, but if they get it right most of the time, I would follow them. I'd also suggest to become informed, always be informed, but don't become obsessed. Yeah. Don't keep checking articles. Don't read too much news or more than you need to. Just stay updated. That's what I would recommend. How have you been able to decipher between what's fake and what's real during this time? Yeah, interesting question. I remember back when we first were told that we needed to work from home because there was this, this virus. And I remember that I was updating my phone or the news website, I reckon, every half hour. Like I just wanted more and more information, more and more updates. 
that kind of wore off. And now during this kind of second lockdown, I don't read the news. I don't go onto any news website because it's all just doom and gloom, right? And you can really find yourself just getting so caught up in the in in the negativity of it. So I I now know what I need to do, i.e. I know what my restrictions are because the government have told me and I stick to that and that's all I do in terms of reading the news around COVID. So my my personal opinion is, like you said, be informed, don't become obsessed with it, but don't let it control or consume you, yeah? So don't read everything that... that uh, don't believe everything that you read and definitely do not get your information off something like Facebook. That's, that's my tip. Or make sure you read the whole article before you make a decision on. Yeah. No clickbait. Uh, so Gus, really good question. And I'm going to get you to answer this one. How did sport change come along and has it made a difference to your mental health by speaking about it more? Great question. I came up with the idea when I constantly missed out on sport due to injuries. Mm-hmm. Every time I was injured, it made me reflect and appreciate how much I need sport in my life and how much it helps my mental health, my mood and my clarity in life. The benefits of sport is something that I wanted everyone to enjoy and acknowledge. Yeah. Uh, and I wanted use sport as a vehicle to educate my network about mental health. You came to me the first day I launched, and uh, I hope you don't mind me sharing, but emotionally told me that you had struggled with mental health issues uh, and would love to help me uh, as you wanted to let people know what you had gone through and hopefully you could help in some way. And at that point, I I guess I knew that we were going to embark on a pretty incredible journey together. And since then, I don't think I've ever spoken about my emotions more in the last 12 months, and especially during this isolation period. Uh, I I try and practice telling people how I feel all the time, and I am absolutely reaping the the rewards. Uh, And I want everyone else to try it as well. So I'm really excited to see what we can do with this because, yeah, I want to put as much effort into this as possible and get the more people talking about it, the better we'll be. Yeah, amazing, mate. And uh, I, I remember exactly where we were when you said, I want to have a chat to you about something. Uh, and I was so proud of you that you had decided to, to do this. And at this time, obviously, you didn't know that I had gone through or have gone through mental health issues. So I, I was just so wrapped for you. And it was such a great idea. And I wanted to come on board. But um, yeah, for you to have the courage to come out and, and to do something and make a change was, was something that I wanted to be a part of as well. So uh, I thank you. And, I've actually, and I have noticed a huge difference in the way you speak uh, since, since you've launched it. So it, it's, it's obvious to me that it's definitely helped you and, and, I, and I love that. And it's, it's definitely helped me as well. It's a little passion project that, that I've loved being a part of. So thank you. And thank you to all the people that came and raised money during the basketball event. Yeah. We'd love the event this year. Obviously, we're facing some challenges, but uh, with the right attitude and passion from everyone, if we can get even half the passion we had from 
all the players and, and people who helped last time will yeah. smash it. All right, next question. What more could be done by high-profile people and the media to raise awareness and discuss mental health issues? Great question. I'm going to throw to you, Aiden. I feel like you're all over this. Yeah, it is a great question, and I have an answer to it, and, it, and it's an interesting answer. And my biggest bugbear is when I turn on the news or I read an article or I hear a news bulletin and it's a, a crime, say a murder or a, uh, a robbery, something bad's happened, right? And the anchor says that the person who committed the crime was suffering from a mental illness. And that really, really irks me. Now, the person who's committed that crime, they may well have had a mental issue, but I think that when we associate the two together when talking about something like that, mental health issue and a crime, my feeling is that it makes people who are suffering from a mental health um, issue less likely to speak out because they might fear that they will be painted with the same brush potentially because they have a mental health issue, they're a threat to society. So I think that media outlets have a responsibility to not associate those two together, especially as we're trying to make it a positive thing and stimulate conversation. Now, there are so many great organisations out there who are doing positive, who are making positive noise on the issue of mental health, like Pucker Up, Beyond Blue, Mendel, are you okay? And the Resilience Project, um, and especially the Resilience Project, that they're going into schools and teaching some really great things to the kids of today. Things on gratitude, empathy, and mindfulness. Now, these tools—they're going to hold these kids in really good stead moving forward. And this—if this can become part of the curriculum—it will definitely change the narrative around mental health for generations to come. So I think that, yes, the media have a responsibility, but I also think that there are some really great organisations out there who are doing some amazing stuff anyway. You make a great point, Aidan. Um, and I feel that there are great organisations and high-profile people certainly have a responsibility, but everyone's got a platform to communicate now. You know, you can post something on social media and thousands of people see it. I mean, yeah. I think maybe 10 or 20 people see the stuff that I post, but <laughs> a lot of people have a larger network and it's their responsibility. It's everyone's responsibility to uh, educate, be knowledgeable and be aware of mental health. And yeah. the more people are aware and understand, the better we'll be. And a famous quote from Robert Heimlin. I love this. Reading in the 5am club. Yep. He said, one person who teaches, two people learn. So if you start educating people on mental health, you yourself will benefit and understand more about mental health yourself. Love it. What a great, great quote. Love it, Gus. Besides sport and physical activity, do you have any tips, exercises to do when feeling anxious and depressed? I do. One thing that, is, that I have found myself doing a lot more of the last few weeks is listening to music. Uh, I mentioned on one of my videos uh, last week or the week before that uh, 50, I think it was 15 seconds or 30 seconds of, of music can change your outlook um, and rewire you. And 
I've loved just sitting down and working and, and listening to some tunes. They, they always make me happy. Music stirs these emotions in people and, and I love it. Um, so music is a huge one for me. And laughing, we know that laughing makes us feel so good. So I reckon once a week I've put on a stand-up comedy routine on Netflix instead of sitting down and watching the footy. Just something to, to finish off my day on a really positive note and, and laugh laughing. Yourself, I've Gus? Really, I've got a really out-of-the-box tip. Oh, we love that. I'm, I'm just going to go for it. Uh, I've been doing a lot of research on swimming or immersing yourself in cold water and what that can do for you. Yep. So researchers of the University of Osaka found that Cold water bathing had a beneficial effect in reducing the cortisol hormone, and this usually kicks into action when stress and anxiety are taking over. Studies show that it can improve our resilience to stress, improve blood circulation, stimulate the brain's primary source of noradrenaline, which helps mitigate depression. It burns fat and uses more energy in cold water. It activates good fats and gets rid of bad fats. It can improve sleep, improve hair and skin, improve fertility for males, improves emotional resilience, improves immunity, which is very topical right now, helps decrease inflammation, increases testosterone for males and provides an amazing energy boost. So for anyone listening out there, I want you in the next week or so, try and do it once a week for the rest of isolation. Let's let's call it that. And Abe, I want you to do this as well. Ooh, okay. Immerse yourself in cold water, whether that be shower is probably the easiest one. I'm lucky enough to live by the beach, so I'm going to immerse myself in the water. I promise I'll do it as well. But by doing this, and please send through a DM or tell us how it felt, even take a photo or a video, Yep. By doing it, you'll be showing that you're making a pledge to talk and think about your mental health. So let's try and see if we can get some engagement and we're going to call it having a coldie. Nice. You know, usually with your mates, you know, you have a cold, you have a beer, but this is a pledge to talk about your mental health. It's called having a coldie. I really want people to have a go at this. I know you've been trying to get me to go for a swim in the ocean for a while and you've 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 told me how good you feel about it, but going out in the ocean is not for me, so I will not do that, but I will I will have a coldie and uh, jump in the shower and turn it on cold and give it a crack because you speak so highly of it and I know that the benefits are, are, are great, so I will definitely be a part of that, but you won't be getting me in the ocean anytime soon, Gussie boy. The research doesn't lie, my friend. No, I know it doesn't, but I'm going to start small. I'm going to go shower and then as the weather gets a little bit warmer, maybe you'll get me out uh, in the in the water then, but I love it. I'm I love the starting idea. to lean towards, uh, if we're allowed, getting everyone to swim out in the ocean for our sport for change event <laughs> and you'll have to read it out in your budgie smuggler. No, you definitely will need someone on the sand uh, life as a lifeguard. I've got the gear and I know CPR, so I think just to be safe, we need one of us out out of the water and I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, do, I'll take one for the team and I'll do that. All right, next question. 
Yes. How can I help someone living on their own who might be struggling with mental health at the moment? Aidan, I might get you to answer this one. Yeah, well, it's an interesting question. Um, I live by myself at the moment and so I've had people continuously reach out to me, which I've, I've, really, I've really liked. So reaching out is always a good thing, whether you're reaching out to someone who lives by themselves or, or they live with, with other people. Reaching out is always great. We know that. One thing I will say is if you feel that someone is having trouble with their mental health, reaching out via text is always great. Definitely try and call them. But I personally speaking, and I'm not going to say that everyone is like this, but personally speaking, when I've been down and really struggling with my mental health, if people call me, I tend to not answer. It, I go through those periods of not wanting to speak to people on the phone. But if they send me a text, I will always respond. So be wary of that. Um, give them a call. But if they don't answer, uh, shoot them a text. I think that is also really important. Another thing that kind of I find works is sending someone something funny that you've come across yourself. So you might be scrolling through Instagram or Facebook or whatever and you come across a, a meme or, or a little stand-up comedy routine and you find that funny, send it on to someone else because laughter we know helps. It makes people feel good. So try that little trick and then the last one is send them something. Might be something small like a bottle of wine or a book or whatever. You sending someone a gift is twofold. They get the gift, they feel so wanted and they feel loved and you will reap the rewards of sending something onto someone else. I know that when um, the whole lockdown period first started, you and B dropped off a little bottle of chilled Pinot Noir, which I loved, and I absolutely loved that. I, I felt the love from you two, and I could see that it made a difference to you two as well. So sending a little gift is, is also really helpful. Do you have any thoughts on that, Gus? Yeah, I'd like to ask you a question. So just on sending texts, yep. sending memes, sending gifts, if you even reach out to someone, call, text, send a meme, even if they don't reply, yeah, I still feel like that will have an effect that person is being communicated to yeah. and that person has actively chosen to communicate to that person. Does that still make you feel good even if you don't get the reply? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, and don't be despondent if you're the person sending the text message or making the phone call and reaching out. Don't be despondent if they don't respond because sometimes people just need to be in the right headspace to respond, yeah? You should feel great about the fact that you've reached out because I know in the past when people have reached out to me and I haven't felt like responding, I still feel good because someone has reached out. I know that they care. So sometimes people need to be in the right frame of mind to reciprocate that, that, um, that text. So don't be despondent if they don't respond. Excellent. I've got one last question for you. Yes. Shoot. What are some physical signs that I might be suffering from anxiety or depression? Yep. Looking back, I can I can realise these signs now, but at the time I just thought that I was living a normal life and everything was normal. But looking back, I can see now that these were telltale signs that I was starting to struggle with my mental health and they were things like negative thoughts about myself. So not feeling like I was not good enough 
feeling like I didn't belong, i.e. in a sporting team um, or in a friendship group. That was a really big one for me. I started to get angry at really small things. So this is this is going to sound really silly and I hope people can have a laugh about this, but I would remember times where I would be driving to work and coming up to traffic lights, traffic lights are green, and then I come up to them and they turn red. And I would crack the shits at the traffic lights for turning red on me. I would take it as a personal attack that they didn't want me to go through the traffic lights, right? And looking back on that, I know that that's silly, but at the time, little things were getting on my nerves. I was getting agitated, really moody, and then sleeping. Sleeping was a big one. I just shut off and feel really tired and lethargic to so sleep a lot. And then, like I mentioned earlier, I wouldn't answer my phone. Speaking to people was just not on my radar as well. So they're the little signs looking back that I was starting to slide on that mental health spectrum or scale, I should say. So, um, But it's different for everyone. You might feel some of these things, all of them. Um, but, yeah, they were some of the signs that I, that I experienced. So what would you recommend if someone is feeling a little bit overwhelmed or starting to see some signs that they think, they may, may not know, but they might think that this could be perhaps anxiety or depression or just something that they want to check out? I think reaching out to a loved one or someone that you feel comfortable talking to is, is always a great first step. Having said that, they don't always have the answers, right? And they're not expected to have the answers. So jumping onto a website like Are You Okay, Beyond Blue, um, Pucker Up, these websites are really good, but then just making an appointment with your GP, right? And like we said earlier, the government have made some really good changes to mental health plans. I I, I would just always reach out to a GP. And, and I know, Gus, you're, you're, you're going to touch briefly on an analogy that we have both both heard. So I'll pass it over to you, but that, that would just be my suggestion is, is to seek some help from a medical professional. I hope Wayne Schwoss doesn't mind me sharing this. Uh, we did hear this from him. Uh, we thought this was a great analogy. I'm, I'm actually obsessed with analogies at the moment. I just make them, I just love them because they're so much easier to understand uh, for my tiny brain. But basically he was saying with your car, if you start to notice things that um, might make it seem like it's getting sick, so the wheel alignment's off or there's smoke coming out of the bonnet or one of your tyres is starting to get flat, when your car's sick, you take it to get serviced so that it could live a longer life, so that it can perform at its best. Now, what I think a lot of people aren't recognising is that when you start to see signs of feeling overwhelmed or, or other signs that are related to mental health, a lot of people aren't going and getting their car serviced, if you will. Yep. They're not fixing it so that it becomes a fixed solution rather than an ongoing problem and then you start to get sick. So with the analogy, it's really important that when you start to see signs, go get your car serviced. I love it. And we, and we, we, we love that. I, I remember listening to him and just going, that just makes so much sense. Mm. And, he, and he spoke about the fact that four weeks ago, he had a cough and a runny nose and he thought, I wonder if that's a sign of me getting COVID-19. So he went to the doctor because he knew that they would have the answer, the professional, and he got it checked out. Turns out, no COVID, fine. But he... Listen to the warning signs. 
Why don't we do that with our mental health? We always just battle through. Um, it's bizarre. We do it with our car. We do it with our physical health, but not our mental health. Um, so I love that, Gus, definitely. Just listen to your body and, and go and seek that help. Find out. So one last one that someone sent through, and I, I thought this was so interesting. Now, this particular person said, after the first lockdown, I felt I hadn't accomplished enough. This second lockdown is a great time to do that thing that you have always wanted. Talk about turning a negative into a positive. No way on to say, give us some ideas to fulfill so at the end of this lockdown, we don't feel like we have wasted our time sitting at home doing nothing. I, as I said, I, I, I thought this was really interesting. So I think that we need to change our perception on what is a waste of time or failure failing to do something so there's nothing wrong at all during this time if you want to knuckle down and just have your head in your work and do your work or if you want to spend a day on the couch just watching Netflix or you want to train for a half marathon there's nothing wrong with that that is your prerogative if that's what you want to do then that is good enough we don't have to that that's not wasting time so we see so much on social media of people achieving such great things. So we are always comparing ourselves to them. And then we start to think that we've wasted our time or we're a failure. That's just not the case. So I just want to read something from the book that I'm reading currently called The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Now, I'll paraphrase it because it's, it's quite long, but please bear with me. So it reads, in 1983, a, night, a, a talented young guitarist was kicked out of his band in the worst possible way. The band had just signed their first record deal and they were about to record their first album. But just days before the recording began, the band showed the guitarist the door. No warning, no discussion, no dramatic blowout. They literally woke him up one day and handed him a bus ticket home. Now, this particular guy was absolutely shattered, as you would be, and he was wondering, what have I done? I fail, I, I'm a failure, I failed, I couldn't achieve this, and he was absolutely gutted. Now, on the bus trip back to LA, he spent that time and he turned this into motivation, right? And so he worked as if he was a possessed musical demon. Long story short, the guitarist's name was Dave Mustaine and the new band that he created was the legendary heavy metal band Megadeth. I've, I've never heard of them, not a, a heavy metal band, but the book says that they are a legendary band. Now, Megadeth went on to sell 25 million albums and toured the world many, many times over. Today, Mustaine is considered to be one of the most brilliant and influential musicians in the history of heavy metal music. Unfortunately, the band he was kicked out of was Metallica, who sold over 180 million albums and are considered to be one of the greatest rock bands of all time. Now, in an interview in early 2000, Mustaine admitted that he still considered himself to be a failure. Despite everything that he went on to accomplish, he was still that guy that was kicked out of Metallica in his head. So instead of acknowledging that he was 
a rock star legend and one of the most influential musicians in history. He continued to compare himself against Metallica. So I guess what I'm saying is we should never compare ourselves to someone else or to something else and therefore feel like we are wasting our time or we are a failure. In lockdown, there's things, Gus, that you would have done that I wouldn't have done or wouldn't have been able to accomplish and therefore you should take that as such a positive and, and vice versa for me in my lockdown. And we're all going to go through different experiences. Now, having said all that, some of the things that I have found have worked for me during lockdown is writing a little daily journal on the things that have gone well for me each day and some things that I'm looking forward to for the week ahead. The other thing that I've really got into is reading. Uh, I'm a bit of an illiterate, I'm not great, not a great reader, I've never really read, but I've really got into it. Books that I can suggest for you guys and girls to read. Uh, the ones that I've read are The 5am Club by Robin Sharma. Ripping book, could recommend. you're currently reading as well, Gus, and, and you're loving by all reports. Um, I've read it. You've yes. read it. Fantastic. And I actually had a friend send a photo of the 5am club that he had just bought and he had got that recommendation from me and so it made me so happy that he was also on that journey as well. Um, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck by Mark Manson, another brilliant book, really lighthearted. The Resilience Project by Hugh Van Kylenberg, which is really good. We've spoken about The Resilience Project in this podcast and the four that I've ordered and haven't read but am really looking forward to uh, Start Something That Matters by Blake Mykoski, The Promise of a Pencil, Man's Search for Meaning and The Last Lecture. So I'm looking forward to reading those books and they're all kind of similar in their philosophies. So they are just a couple of things that I could potentially recommend if you wanted to do some things during your time off. But Please don't compare yourself to anyone and don't think that you're a failure or you've wasted time because this is your journey. You live your life. We've all heard the saying, you do you, boo. Well, let's do you. What do you reckon, Gus? Yeah, your next calling is book club. Book club. I mean, that's an easy transition, don't you think? I, I could do that. I could do that. But it'd be a slow, slow burn. I'm a slow reader. I always fall asleep. Well, it's just practice, right? That's right. Apparently, Practice makes perfect. The more you read. So a bit of a momentum snowball effect like you were talking about earlier. I love it. I love it. So I think that's all of our questions, Gus. It is. It's all of them. Uh, I'm going to post the swimming in cold water, having a coldie again. I'm going to try and put it in a video version that's easily digested as a love content it. piece. Hopefully we can get people to send in their photos or slide into our DMs or message us if you try the coldie and let us know how it goes. Have a coldie whilst having a coldie. Also fine. Brilliant. That's absolutely fine. Encouraged. Why Encouraged. Not? 100%. So maybe it um, changes. I'm pretty sure there are some will cancel each other out. Like having a beer increases inflammation and this is supposed to decrease inflammation. But we won't worry about the small stuff. We love it. Gus. Yeah. This has been fantastic. I loved answering these questions. And, I mean, we, we got thousands of questions from that post. Like, we just have so many people listening to our podcast. It's amazing. 
No, that's a lie. Um, but thank you very much for those people who took the time to get in touch with us and ask us a question. Um, we hope that you've enjoyed listening to us and that we haven't rambled on too much. And any closing words, Gussie Boy? Our next guest, really excited, Shawnee Edwards. I reckon we've got him locked in and doing some amazing work in the Indigenous community. Fantastic. All right, guys, thank you very much. We hope you're well. We hope you're safe. We'll speak to you soon.